Hello, and welcome to episode 430 of Awards Daily's Water Cooler Podcast. I'm your host, Clarence Moy, and I am joined by one other M today. So, M, let's go around the cooler and tell the listeners who you are and where they can find you on the internet. Hmm. Joey, why don't you start? For some reason, you saying the phrase that you say every week, telling the people who you are, the phrase popped in my head. Who am I? What am I doing? <laughs> Having a crisis of character. Hi, I'm Joey Moser. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyMoser83. And again, I'm Clarence Moy. You can find me on Twitter at Clarence Moy. We are sadly absent Megan McLaughlin today, who could not join us, and we will uh, highly anticipate her return next week. Uh, so Joey and I are both returned from various film festivals. We will not talk about that on this podcast, but Joey, um, very quickly, you just returned from TIFF, which is in Toronto. Mm-hmm. That is the T in TIFF. Uh, I just returned <laughs> from Telluride, which is TIFF without the I. Um, <laughs> you can hear all about my experience uh, on a video podcast with Mark Johnson, which is available on our YouTube channel. Uh, but Joey, uh, favorite film from the TIFF festival? Um, I think the movie that I can't stop thinking about is Zone of Interest, even though that has been, you know, it's not a new film. Um, right. That played it, what, can. Um, but I would say if I had to pick something that, like, solely debuted at Toronto, I was really taken with Anna Kendrick's Woman of the Hour. It's it's uh, suspenseful and funny, and it's her first movie, but it it doesn't feel like that. It looks like it's a very um, promising debut. So I've I've been sort of thinking about that movie a lot. Don't want to oversell it for people, but it's it's a it's good. It's really really solid. That's great. That's actually one of my um, most anticipated. It didn't make my list necessarily, but it was uh, definitely something that I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing. Uh, here in the upcoming fall season. Mm-hmm. So cool. Very good. Well, I'm glad to hear that she did a great job. Um, she's very talented and, and uh, I haven't seen her in front of the camera in a while. So, yeah. And she directs herself, which I think is even more, is even more impressive. Um, so yeah, if you, if you like Anna Kendrick and has got that sort of um, Anna Kendrickness, people, if I, I don't know how to really describe it, but if I say that people know what I mean, um, but yeah, she directs herself too. And I think that makes <laughs> the movie, uh, you know, more impressive. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, all right. But what we're talking about today is, uh, fall TV preview. So a couple of weeks ago we did our fall movie preview. Um, so you can go back and listen to that if you haven't, but, uh, this week we are focusing on fall TV preview. And one thing that I saw Joey, and I don't know if you agree with me, but, uh, recurring shows not necessarily so much going on there there's one major thing that i think we're both probably going to end up saying that we're incredibly excited look uh to uh to watch um but it seems like there's just you know there, there is there's more new content i would say than than re- returning content yeah i think when i was looking at my you know looking at the slate of stuff um seeing a show that is coming back for a new season almost felt jarring to me because the majority, I think of what everything that everyone is looking forward to is all limited series or, um, you know, brand new stuff. So yeah, I agree that it was just like, 
I don't know if they just <laughs> everything ended already or <laughs> everyone they're they're still just scared of the strike. So I don't know, but I do agree, yeah, that it feels a little a little anemic for returning shows. Yeah. Um but that said, there are a lot of new um high profile limited series out there. So there's a couple of things that are popping up in my list. Uh mm-hmm. so um let's let's break it down. Let's jump right into it. So um I don't know if you want to separate new with recurring, but maybe we can just indicate. I mean, hopefully it'll be obvious as we list titles. But what we did last time was sort of our list of most anticipated thing and we'll most anticipated things, and we'll see if there's any overlap. So let's start. Um, I'll go first if you're okay with that. Sure. Probably the thing that I'm most looking forward to this fall uh, is. The Fall in the House of Usher, a new limited series from Mike Flanagan, who previously brought us the haunted, uh, wait, uh, the haunting of blank, Bly Manor Hill House, as well as the acclaimed but unfortunately emulous limited series, um, whose name I've completely forgotten, the one that started Samantha Sloyan. Uh, Oh, God. What, let's oh it, midnight mass midnight mass oh yeah wow. it was like it wasn't it just happened <laughs> <laughs> oh that's oh. sad um yeah. so uh the fall in the house of usher was controversial about a year and a half ago because it it did had it had some some bad behavior on the scene some alleged bad behavior um and uh, one of the major roles was recast um and uh I do have screeners for it. I have not had the opportunity to watch the screeners, but the way that it's sort of been from what I can tell is the whole limited series is about the works of Edgar Allan Poe, not necessarily fall in the house of Usher, but I have, as I've read through the Wikipedia description, there are characters like Amanda Lee uh, who appear in other pieces of work by Edgar Mm. Allan Poe. And he's kind of reimagined it in kind of a horror succession is what I'm seeing. Oh, shit. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I kind of lied a little bit because I uh, I did watch maybe the first 15 or 20 minutes of the new show, um, uh, of the first episode, I should say. And uh, I, I'm intrigued. Um, so that's probably my most anticipated thing of the fall season. I really like Mike Flanagan. I like what he has to do. And uh, or what he has to say, I like his his take on things. I don't always love all of his materials, but they're always interesting, at least. So that's my uh, most anticipated fall in the House of Usher that drops October the 12th on Netflix, just in time for the All Hallowed season. Yeah, I'm also I'm also really like looking forward to that because that I don't know, his his shows feel like a more sophisticated like horror anthology to look forward to compared to something like an American horror story. Um, not to compare things, but yeah. Um, I guess the, the show, this should not be a surprise to anybody, but um, I, I'm noted to liking some, you know, queer shit. Um, and uh, on October 27th on Showtime, uh, felt, Drops. It's a limited series starring Jonathan Bailey and Matt Bomer. It is basically about men who get, you know, entangled in a relationship during McCarthy era 
1950. So like Rory Cohn is like running around and being like, you're a deviant. <laughs> and then gays are like, yeah, we are, but we're not going to tell you about it. Um, it's based on a book that I've, that I bought that I haven't, I've yet to start watching. I have screeners for it, but I, I, I got them like right before tip happened. Um, I don't know. It just looks, uh, I had known about this project when I interviewed um, someone from under the banner of heaven and like off the record, I was asking, he was like, I know, I, you know, he said, you really like gay stuff. You really like this. You like that. You're going to love this new show that I'm working on, but he couldn't even tell me what it was. And so every time something small comes out about um, Bella Travelers, I like sent him a DM. He was like, yes, you're right. I'm freaking out about maybe... <laughs> Maybe suspenders and secret sex with Matt Bomer and the guy from Bridgerton. So yeah, long story short, fellow travelers on Showtime, October twenty seventh. Excellent. Yes, I uh, I remember sending you a message saying, "Hey, we got screeners for fellow travelers," and it's one of the many times which you screamed out in public. Yeah, that's my new favorite pastime: is to tell you that we have screeners to something and make you scream. Well, the thing also, like, when I say that, like, I actually scream in public. It's not like I'm like, I say that to indicate my excitement. I actually see the message go, ah, and then just, yeah. <laughs> just didn't want you to think I'm a liar. Oh, no. No, no, no. I, I did not <laughs> doubt your uh, your screaminess. Yeah. Um, my uh, second most, well, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I can really rank the rest of these. I'm just going to drop and just say the next thing I'm most anticipating is not necessarily the second most, but I know we all love to rank things so much, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm just refusing to, to uh, rank them. All the light we cannot see um, because I have heard a lot of great things. And I think it did premiere at uh, TIFF uh, over the weekend. Um, yeah. This is another limited series from Netflix uh, coming out on October the 2nd. It is based on the 2014 Pulitzer Prize winning war novel. And uh, it stars uh, Mark Ruffalo um, as a, uh, a locksmith at the Paris Museum of Natural History. I have not read the book. Um, I'm just reading the description here. And it doesn't really tell you what the... Uh, what it's really about, other than it's, it's crisscrossing paths of two teenagers set during uh, World War II. Um, so I don't know, uh, but it sounds intriguing. Um, people who have seen it have really responded to it and Netflix seems to be high on it because I've had screeners for it for quite some time. It just was one of those things where I was like, oh, you know, July was kind of a wash for me for personal reasons. And then after that, I was like, eh, I don't really feel like getting into something heavy. And then it was, t and then it was the film festival and, mm -hmm. Now I'm like, I want to watch scary stuff. So I will get around to watching this. But uh, yeah, this is um, this is definitely something It's direct, uh, that I'm extremely interested in. And uh, it's directed by Sean Levy, who, among other things, directed uh, Stranger Things. So All the Light We Cannot See, and that drops November the 2nd on Netflix. Yeah, I'm surprised at how long we've had the screeners. And I will say, when I was walking around, Toronto on like uh, King Street is like the main drag where they like shut down King Street in Toronto and um, it just becomes like a pedestrian street and there's like you know signs and stuff in the middle of the street and like billboards and stuff but I feel like I kept seeing all the light we cannot see everywhere in like the four days that I was there so much that every time I left a theater I was like oh god I need to watch it oh I have screeners I need to watch before it 
before the show drops. So yeah, it it looks gorgeous. Uh, the trailer looks really good. So yeah, I'm really excited for that too. Um, I think. Let's see. Yeah, I I agree with you that I'm just like I named my number one, so I could pick any of these next. But um, I am really looking forward to the series finale season or series finale season of uh Sex Education on Netflix. Um, I have loved this show very openly for you know since the beginning i love jillian anderson on it i love asa butterfield on the kuti gotwit um love him um so if for those people who don't know i mean the show really originally started as asa butterfield plays a boy named otis who's this really awkward teenager and his mom jillian anderson is a sex therapist um so he starts giving sex advice out to kids at school and it has sort of grown and blossomed since that since uh we're on season four um but i i think the show is really important in terms of like showing that teenagers can have uh, wild graphic also very open conversations about sexuality um and i'm sad the show is ending but i'm glad it's going out on a high so i mean it drops on in like 10 days september 21st on netflix so I'm excited to see it go out with a bang. <laughs> Sadly, that uh, this show has never gotten sort of the reception that I think it deserves, even though I have, I have not um, kept up with it um, through its uh, second and third seasons. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, Gillian Anderson, I think, is, is fantastic in it. Um, she should have gotten Emmy nominations uh, multiple seasons, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't ever register with the Television Academy. Yeah, this is a this is a show that I think a lot of people are like. Wait, Gillian Anderson isn't actually British. Like, <laughs> wait, she's not. Oh, she's half okay. British. She's half British. Yeah, um, yeah, that's great. Um, next on my list is a show that I'm I'm already going to tell you. I am I'm looking forward to seeing it, but I'm not exactly sure that it should be. A drama series. It looks like it is a drama series rather than a limited series. It's called Wilderness, and it uh, debuts September fifteenth on Amazon Prime. Um, it was most notable notable earlier in October, excuse me, in August, because the teaser trailer that came out featured the first time a uh, Taylor Swift's re-recording of "Look What You Made Me Do" from her Reputation album. <laughs> Um, accompanied a piece of uh, accompanied this teaser trailer. So people got to hear that. They're like watching this nonstop just to hear her take on the song, which is actually not all that different than the original. And if you ask me, but the, uh, the teaser trailer looks really interesting and it's, it's based on a novel. It's a uh, basically a love story gone, gone wrong, starring Jenna Coleman and Oliver Jackson Cohen, who starred in the haunting of Bly Manor and the haunting of Hill house for Mike Flanagan. Um, she discovers her husband's had an affair and uh, he said, Hey, let's go, let's, let's rekindle our love and go take a trip into this national mm-hmm. park that has lots of tall cliffs <laughs> that I can <laughs> potentially uh, push you off. Um, doesn't sound like a whole series to me, but uh, certainly um, we'll see how that goes. But uh, again, it's uh, September 15th, uh, which is in a, four days on uh, Amazon Prime, and uh, that is Wilderness. Looking forward to that one. Joey? 
Yeah, that doesn't sound like a series. It sounds like a no. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a TV movie, but um, what can you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so speaking of shows that um, are coming up in just a couple of days, there's a show uh, that I had never heard of until recently called The Other Black Girl. Um, it mm-hmm. drops on September 13th on Hulu. Um, it's from the novel by Zakaya Delilah Harris. Um, where it talks about um, whiteness in the, I mean, the logline says it skewers the whiteness of the publishing industry, but the trailer, if you watch it, sort of gives it a like surreal, um, it says get out inspired twist. Um, And I just think it looks really solid. I, I think it's, hold on, let me see how many episodes it is. I have screeners for it, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I watched the trailer and it, it sounded really intriguing to me. And it, this is an instance of, you know, watching the trailer and immediately wanting to watch it. Um, and um, it looks really good. I'm not sure if, you know, um, you know, this is a show that I can certainly, uh, I don't want to say sympathize with, but it's just like this delves into themes that you know i can't entirely you know i'm talking i can't fucking talk um (laughs) (laughs) you know know, i'm a i'm a white man watching the show um you know about a a a black woman so i'm 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 really interested in see how they take the 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 horror element with the the social element and sort of mash it together yeah i mean (laughs) you know that Yes, you're obviously not a black man, but that's okay because one of my favorite shows from the past couple of years has been um, Them, which, you know, premiered two years ago on Amazon, which was horrifying. And I, you know, it is centered in the black experience in the 1950s, but but it, it, it was so good in giving me an understanding and setting me in that context um, mm. that I I felt the horror in that moment i felt their horror in a way that i never would have before not being of that um ethnicity yeah so i i I fully appreciate that and uh, understand completely what you're saying um the next thing i think i'm going to talk about is an apple show coming out on november the 8th called the buccaneers and literally if you had me at a tagline it's uh the gilded age meets bridgerton um, it yeah. is an eight episode drama inspired by Edith Wharton's last uh, novel, the unfinished final novel of the same name. Um, and uh, if the Gilded Age comparison didn't get me, then the fact that Christina, uh, Chris, is it Christina Hendricks who was in Mad Men? Yeah. She's in this. Ah! <laughs> Although she's not a, uh, I don't think she's a main character because they don't list her in this. Uh, um, they don't list her in this uh, description that I'm reading. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, we've got, we've had screeners for it for a while. Apple's really good about uh, giving those out early. So um, very much interested in that. So it's uh, basically a, a group of carefree American girls uh, search for British husbands in the 1870s during the London debutante season. And oh, give it to me. I, I you know, costumes, Costumes. Apple TV, sh- Apple shows seem to be all about two things, production design and costumes. 
<laughs> and I'm okay with that. I mean, you're going to see several on this list that are all like <laughs> costumes, production design, yeah. costumes, production design. So uh, the Buccaneers, again, that comes out November the 8th on Apple TV Plus. Joey? You know, I have to say that sometimes when, you know, just speaking about TIFF and, you know, you get out of these screenings and you see acquaintances that you know that you only maybe know on Twitter. Um, I can't remember what it was where uh, I got out of a movie and someone was like, oh, that wasn't very good. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. But the costumes, <laughs> it's also just like, <laughs> I have a very low, I have a very low, like, threshold or expectation. Like, if you give me, like, a corset with a hint of whimsy and color, I'm like, I'm there. So um, even if your show's crap, if the costumes are great, I love it. I had no idea that's what the Buccaneers is about. I saw that pop up and I was like, oh, it's about pirates or something. And I would always scroll right past <laughs> it. <laughs> Did I care to make a simple Google search? No. So I should not, I should not be allowed to write for this website. Um, um, I'm really looking forward to on FX. There is a new limited series that drops on November 14th, exclusively on Hulu. Uh, a Murder at the End of the World. It's a mystery series starring Emma Corrin as like a amateur. She's listed a Gen Z amateur sleuth um, and tech savvy hacker named Darby Hart. And she and eight other guests are invited by a reclusive billionaire played by Clive Owen to participate in a retreat on a remote and dazzling location. And when one of the people find, you know, shows up dead, she has to use her, I guess, Gen Z skills um, and the instincts of a cropped haircut to <laughs> prove <laughs> what the murder is. This is an instance where it's just like, all right, the cast sounds good. Um you know, like me in FX limited series, <laughs> rest in peace under the banner of heaven. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is, this is basically the, the strength of the cast. Um, it's, it's created and directed by Britt Marling and, um, oh gosh, I'm going to forget his name. Zal Batman league. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, bless you. And it, yeah. <laughs> and it's produced somebody, uh, one of the people who produced, uh, transparent, and it's also seven episodes. Like that is so sexy to me. If your if your season is under ten, oh, it's under eight. Oh, okay, boner time for your limited <laughs> series. That is hot to me. I just love that there's a detective series. It's like I'm a Gen Z character. I'm going to use my Gen Z skills to solve this murder. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Does that mean like just getting on Twitter and and bitching about politics? And... That's what. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I'm going to move on to another Apple TV show. I'm cheating a little bit here because I have seen the show in its entirety. Um, but it's, uh, lessons in chemistry, which drops, uh, just under over a month now from on October the 13th on Apple TV plus, uh, it is based on the, currently buzzing best-selling novel the by the, of the same name uh, and it stars brie larson as basically a scientific version of julia child she is a character okay. who um lives and works and lives in the 1950s and is a chemist and is because of the evils of white men is unable to um to thrive in the chemi in the chemist chemistry industry wow uh <laughs> 
and through various circumstances is given a home cooking TV show that she, uh, during which she approaches, um, cooking as a, an act of chemistry. So she, um, and people think it's going to be horrible and actually ends up, you know, empowering the, uh, female members of the audience who watch the show. Um, it's, it's a, it's, it's not a great book, but it's a fun book. Um, and, uh, I'm going to re- refrain from giving any commentary on the show, but, uh, uh, again, um, Brie Larson, it's a limited series. I imagine it will be one of the bigger players of the Emmy season. And again, I will say costumes, production design. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I will say that when I was at the airport, uh, uh yesterday and today, um, I saw so many freaking people reading that book. Yeah. Like I, I could probably, if I would have started at one end of like the, the terminal that I was in, I honestly could count like 12 people with that little pink cover sitting there waiting for their planes. So yeah. What's, what's really interesting is that Brie Larson, so she produced this and she, um, she identified this book so early and they were able to make it quickly enough, but by the time it sort of caught on with the airport, what I'll say the airport crowd, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's here comes the TV show. That's crazy. I just don't know if that's going to be a very good thing because it changes quite a bit of the book and um, well, it remains to be seen how people respond to it. I think uh, those who haven't read the book are probably going to like it better than those who have read the book. That's not necessarily a commentary on, on my take, uh, on mm-hmm. my opinion of the show, but um, I, I have that uh, that reservation. Um, Joey, what's next for you? Um, I don't even know why the show is piquing my interest so much. Um, I don't know anything about modeling or <laughs> the fashion industry. Um, I'm basically, by how I am built as a human short person, um, I should not be interested in the in Apple's the supermodels, but it's a documentary series where they talk to uh, Naomi Campbell, Cindy Crawford, Linda Evangelista, and Chrissy Turlington, and about how they were a, a huge force in the supermodeling, um, I'll say industry, but um, yeah, like the 1980s, they were these you know gorgeous, beautiful titans of (laughs) strutting the runway um and i just got screeners to it and i was just like i have no idea why i have such a pull to that maybe because um maybe i just remember cindy crawford on a pepsi can and i don't know there's some weird sense of memory there i don't know but uh yeah so the supermodels is i think it's three or four parts it has to be four parts if there's four models but um i think each episode uh goes into each one and for some reason i'm like clamoring to watch it inner model inside of me it's just like yeah (laughs) i have not heard of that but i have seen um i have there's been a lot of conversation about those sort of four early supermodels they would think they were on a magazine cover recently and maybe it was in support of this documentary um but it's uh it's it's ridiculous how good they look now you know 20 years (laughs) later when they're they're quote-unquote old hags (laughs) um Mm. Sort of the last, and again, I, I did kind of separate things between new and recurring. I didn't intend to do that, but I kind of just went through my list and all my new stuff was 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 first. I don't actually know that this uh, show is coming out this fall. 
Um, but just in case they decide to drop it, it is, mm-hmm. I want to put it on my list and it is called Palm Royale. That's- and uh, this completes the trilogy of costumes, production design. Um, it is, it's a comedy series executive produced by Laura Dern based on the novel Mr. and Mrs. American Pie by Juliet McDaniel. Uh, it's directed by The Help's Tate Taylor. Um, and, uh, and, and in this case, that's a good thing because this is a huge ensemble <laughs> cast. And I find that uh, Tate Taylor is actually very good at handling um, bigger casts like this. But it's... Uh, I was I was talking to uh, our friend Jalal about lamenting the fact that C- Kristen Wiig used to make throwaway limited series years ago that mm. were like parodies of like you, you know what I'm saying like the I wish I could remember one of them I know she got an award nomination like, isn't like Spoils of Babylon yeah yeah that was at Spoils of Babylon and they were so funny and and I I just missed her I missed her presence in TV well. Like literally the very next day, I got screeners from yeah. Apple for this show. We're not really supposed to talk about it because it hasn't been an, fully announced. I mean, people know that it's out there; it's on the Apple site, but we're not. I'm not talking about any kind of quality. Um, but it has Kristen Wiig, Laura Dern, Allison Janney, Leslie Bibb, Ricky Martin, Josh, Lu- Josh Lucas, and Carol Burnett, among many others, including Julia Duffy and Mindy Cohen, or Mindy Cohn from Facts of Life. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have seen I've seen five episodes, and the best thing that I can say is that if Ugly Betty and Desperate Housewives were to have a baby, it would be Palm Royal. If I really intrigues you. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the conversation that I read with Megan about when Clarence watched it because I didn't know what it yes. was either, <laughs> and because I was watching that Carol Burnett. Uh, 90th birthday special that was on Peacock and one of the groups that introduced like a segment with her it was like Allison Janney, Kristen Wiig and I think Laura Dern they all get on stage and like Carol the show that we worked on together I was like what the fuck are they talking about what show are they talking about and I went online I went online and I like looked it up and I was like this show as vague and sparse as the details are online I was like I don't care (laughs) what it is like it, this could be those women doing the supermodels or those women doing um <laughs> sex education i'll watch it this is a really great example of like okay this carol burnett's in a new comedy series and it is costumes production design i'm there and i do i know that i know that some people don't really like tate taylor but i'm glad that you pointed out that you know he is really good with you know ensemble casts and what a yeah what an interesting career that man has had Extremely. Um, and uh, I, I'm just, I'm not really sure what Apple's doing with it, to be honest. I mean, it's not, it, it, people know that it's out there. Um, people are, have talked about it, but it's almost like in, in sort of whispered circles. Yeah. I, maybe they're holding it for the spring. I don't know, but uh, I'm hoping it does come out this year because I'm really anxious to talk about it with people. I'm really anxious for people to see it. Um, I do think if handled correctly, and this is a giant if, because sometimes Apple is really good about uh, getting shows into the Emmys and sometimes they're really not. Mm-hmm. Um, if handled correctly, I think this could be a comedy series player. So Sure. I mean, you have like big acting legends like Burnett, Kristen Wiig, um, 
everyone Allison Janney. Allison Janney. I mean, people that are consistently nominated or they've yeah. won stuff. Um, but then when you run down, like, this isn't a criticism, but I feel like you're going to say Mindy Cohn and Ricky Martin. I want to see the show where uh, Natalie from The Facts of Life is like, singing she bangs she bangs like what is what is the i'm sure maybe they don't have any scenes together but i want to see the show um because i haven't started it yet where those two actors live in the same world because that just sounds like a fucking trip to me (laughs) uh julie what's next for you i think i only really have one more i didn't know that this was a uh i didn't know this was coming out um it's another doc series it is also on Apple. I guess Apple just has a lot of content. Um, the Enfield Poltergeist, or it's Enf- mm. yeah, and the Enfield yeah. Poltergeist. It's the it's the same uh, story that is the center of the Conjuring Two, um, and so it's about like supernatural activity in London in the seventies. Um, I think it's like a mother and her uh, a single mom and her children, and uh, I really like. I like The Conjuring too. Um, and so if you want to give me like a real life version of it, I'm down. So sure. go for it. <laughs> that was also on my list. I decided to change it at the last minute because I, I did want to talk about Palm Royale. Um, yeah. Just in case that does come out this fall. But uh, um, before I, I, I do have a couple of other things that I'm looking forward to. I'm just going to run through them very quickly. But before I do that, I just want to say, uh, I just want to pause on our, our fall TV preview here and just say, who the hell does Twitter think they are that they can comment on Chris Evans love life and who he marries. Like, I, he wasn't going to fuck y'all. Like you had no chance. Like well, I saw a lot of people that are like, Oh my God, I can't believe he's married. And I was like, and well, no, what I'm seeing is the age gap, the, the criticisms about the age. He's 42. She's 26. And and there's somebody that's Jesus that's Christ. tweeted something and it's like over seven thousand likes and over twelve hundred uh I want to say retweets, but whatever that new version of retweet is because it's not Twitter anymore, but uh oh, yeah. repost. 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 Yeah. It says if your age gap is larger than the number of years the younger person has been an adult, then your relationship has an inherent power imbalance. That's all I have to say. Well, why and there, there's there's multiple variations of that tweet. Why do people think that women are helpless and victims, and that they're like Chris Evans seems to be the literal nicest guy ever. Like you know, I, I just this 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 constant need on 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 social media to comment about the lives of other people just drives me insane. No one yeah. gives a shit what your opinions are. You keep them to yourselves. It's just, this is just another example of, of several things. You know, last week it was all the Joe Jonas, or is it Nick or Joe? Oh yeah. Okay. Nick jo- or uh, Joe Jonas and Joe Sophie Jonas. And, yeah. Uh, they're married. I mean, you know, just, just, just don't, you have nothing worth sharing about subjects, which you know nothing about. So just keep that to yourself. Yeah. I don't uh no I I agree because um I didn't even realize that that was the discourse and if you want to have a conversation about like age disparity when it is a little bit more you know like oh wow like I mean she can rent a car she's like she's <laughs> I'm 25. not sure you're 
I'm not sure you're defending it that well. No, no, no. She's it's just old like, enough to rent a car. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, she's she's not like <laughs> it's not like she's 18 and he's still 42. Even if she was 18 and he was 42, they could do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> They're consenting adults, and maybe it won't end well, and maybe you know, whatever. It, it, it's absolutely none of our business. It is absolutely none of our business what, what she does. She is a grown woman. We should be congratulating for nailing down one of Hollywood's nicest, handsomest, like, um, yeah, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say most notoriously single people. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you're never hearing about anybody that he's dating. Like, he just keeps his personal life private, which is great. That's fine. And also, just, if, if, yeah, and the, these people that are going on and on and on about it, I was like, he's not going to pay, like, you're not going to, uh, you know, thoughtfully, um, like, wear him down with it. He's not going to, he's going to still keep his private life private. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. This is just monstrous. The I want, people are I want people just, to like, go, go volunteer at a homeless shelter. Go, go, <laughs> go do, just, just do something with your fucking life. I don't know. <laughs> Stop gossiping about celebs. Um, all right. So just a, a handful of other things that I was really interested in. These are all recurring shows. One thing that we did not, uh, both of us mentioned, which was probably, if I'm being honest, the thing that between the two of us we're most looking forward to, which is the final season of The Crown, um, which is dropping this year. We don't have a date for that yet, but we do know that it is dropping this fall. Uh, there was a, a teaser that was released by Netflix social media last week, I believe um, mm -hmm. that indicated it was like a, a, an, in, a, an invitation to Prince Charles's marriage. So we know that Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles will get married in this season. Um, I was under the impression that they were not going to kind of um, portray the death of Diana um, played by Elizabeth Debicki, but apparently they are. Um, so that's kind of surprising and sort of shocking, I would say, uh, con especially considering um, the Queen, the film The Queen, for which Helen Mirren won an Oscar, yeah. already did it so well. But uh, this is going to talk about Tony Blair. It's going to talk about Prince William and Kate Middleton. Um, we'll see if it's a step up from the quality of uh, season five. I, and I don't know that the, the quality of season five dipped. I think that we're just much more familiar with the... Um, with the stories that come in the last 20 years than we were from that era, even from the early days of Diana, there were a lot of things that we didn't know about their travels overseas. And, um, you know, I think that's been one of the, the, the benefits of the crown for us is that we get to see stories and have stories dramatized that we didn't necessarily know about. Um, mm -hmm. I'm always, when I, when I talk about this, I'm always drawn back to the episode in season two where the Kennedys went to, uh, oh, Buckingham yeah. Palace, and and you know there was controversy around what Jackie said about the Queen, and uh, that that's that was one of the most fascinating episodes. I think I've definitely one of the top five episodes for me mm -hmm. um, for the series. So um, probably comes out in November. Um, I have talked to people at Netflix who said it was going to follow the same trajectory. So they they traditionally do come out around Thanksgiving, um, but we don't have an official date yet. But the Crown season six, um, also uh, Loki. Season two, um, most, and I was lukewarm on Loki as, a, as an original project, but uh, that comes out on October the 6th. I'm most interested in what they're going to do with Jonathan Majors. 
who plays oh, Kang yeah. the Conqueror, uh, who is supposed to be the big baddie for the next uh, phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, his his character was introduced here in Loki uh, and continues into the second season. Um, and obviously Jonathan Majors has had some some troubles, uh, whether or not you know those are alleged. Uh, well, they're all alleged, of course, but whether or not there's any validity to that remains to be seen. But uh, from somebody that went from... <laughs> you know, a potential Oscar contender out of Sundance to not even having a career. I've, I've not seen a, a trajectory so, so fast before. I don't think. Yeah. Um, then uh, Fargo season five, a show that I've kind of given up on uh, historically, mm. um, but Fargo season five has a tremendous cast in Juno Temple, uh, John yeah. Hamm, Jennifer Jason Lee and Joe Keery. Uh, as the major names in the uh, in the series, so I'm looking forward to that. That nice. comes out November 21st on FX and Hulu. Um, um, oh, True Detective doesn't come out until 2024. Yeah, True Detective is mm-hmm. a January thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was um, I was just on the FX website, and you know they they've updated like the poster for Fargo. Um, and it was like, okay, maybe I'll start that one. I think the, the good thing about Fargo is that, um, it is like a true limited series in the sense that you can sort of pick and choose which ones you like or right. even watch. Um, cause I watched the Chris Rock season. I think that was the last season, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, and I thought that was fine. Um, but yeah. Um, and then the last thing I had was, it was just, uh, I don't know w- whether or not I'll really dive into this, but it was just kind of a curious footnote. It is, um, I thought this was going to be Squid Game the sequel, but it's actually Squid Game the challenge. Netflix has created a reality t- uh, a TV show, uh, like a like a, a game um, where people will compete for $4.56 million through a series of challenges based on the original show. And uh, the blurb they here die. says... This time, the consequences won't be fatal, we hope. Oh, God. So is it basically like taking, like, uh, Wipeout and going a little further? <laughs> Something to that effect. Uh, I don't know exactly um, how it it uh, is going to play. But, um, you know, if if there's not much else on, then it might be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> How's that for faint praise <laughs> right. if it's on and there's nothing on and there's uh I, I do wonder if this is like the crown traditionally always comes out in november and i i got a little annoyed that some audiences who they didn't like season five like well it's done it's gonna be bad it's gonna be shit for here on out i was like it's just it's just the subject matter you guys it's not you know less well made than any other season um, so I don't know. I was wondering if maybe if they do drop it, I wonder how some people are going to strategize with thinking, well, there's nothing else on. Should we put our giant show? Does that guarantee us to win a boatload of Emmys? Who knows? Well, I mean, well, the, the quality of the season, I mean, it's going to be nominated across the board. I mean, of course. um, I, I imagine that Imelda Staunton will very likely get a nomination in there. I imagine she's got a great, um, episode in her around the death of Diana, because obviously that's the material that gave uh, mm-hmm. Helen Mirren her Oscar. And the only, the only thing sort of holding Amelda Staunton back is that uh, she's going to be compared to, to uh, 
to Helen Mirren, yeah. who is one of our greatest actresses. But Imelda Staunton is no slouch herself. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to be nominated for a lot of things. The quality, how good it is, how much people will love it, will love it is what's going to drive it to the win. Uh, you know, that may be a no-brainer, but uh, um, that would be my take on it. All right. Um, let's... Anything else you wanted to mention for our fall TV preview? No. All right. Let's quickly jump to the flashboard to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. Uh, and Joey, what are you looking forward to? Um, so I'm looking forward to the back of my eyelids because I, <laughs> I, I don't know what felt. So I had a really great time at TIFF. Um, I met a lot more people that I only know online. Um, I didn't, it was a very different festival just because of the circumstances surrounding the, the strikes. Um, that's not a bad thing. I should, I, I should make it clear. It's, it's not a bad thing that there's not a, gi a giant number of celebrities. There's only, the only people that I saw that were famous in at TIFF was Viggo Mortensen was like two rows behind me at a screening. And I saw Connor Jessup running around and someone told me that that is uh, TIFF bingo, like someone who's from... Um, someone who's from Toronto. Apparently every year you see him, he's always just running around on the street. Um, so my friend said he saw him. Um, so even though I saw a shit ton of movies, I want to see more movies. Uh, I want to see the haunting in Venice. I'm like dying to see that. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's Tina Fey in a dramatic role, maybe because it looks spooky. Michelle Yeoh first movie since she won an Oscar. So that comes out on Friday. I know you've seen it. Um, and then there's a movie that's coming to theaters before it drops on Amazon, uh, starring Gail Garcia Barnal called Cassandra, which is about uh, Saul Armendariz, a gay amateur wrestler from El Paso. I butchered his last name. So sorry. Um, I'm very tired. <laughs> so yeah, it's based on a true story of a, a groundbreaking. He's like a Lucha Libre wrestler. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I have seen a haunting in Venice, but I was going to recommend it. I'm, I'm writing my review that will drop on Wednesday of this week. Um, but I do recommend it. It is, it is a, uh, it's probably for my money, the best Agatha Christie adaptation that Kenneth Brennan has done. And the other two are, are, uh, death on the Nile and murderer on the Orient Express. I think for me, it worked really well because I didn't know the ending, uh, going mm -hmm. into it. So it is, it is a, um, it is a, a surprise when he kind of reveals the, the killer. Um, and I would say he's one of my favorite films of his is one of his earlier films, um, dead again, which is a kind of mm. a very stylized 19, uh, no, it's not 19. Well, a part of it takes place in the forties, but a stylized murder mystery, uh, within two eras is kind of, um, little past lives kind of thing. Um, mm. and no, I don't mean that, uh, they walk around New York city talking about whether or not they, <laughs> if they had, uh, stayed with each other. Uh, no, this is, um, it, it's a murder mystery. It's, it's very flashily directed. It's, it's got beautiful cinematography. The score is by Hilder Gottenager, Hilder, who won the Oscar for, uh, Joker. Um, I can't, Guadagnier, Guadagnier, uh, anyway, gosh, that's painful. Um, I do recommend it. 
Um, I'm probably finally going to break down and watch, not break down, but I need to watch uh, Oliver Stone's 1995 Five. film, uh, Nixon, um, for a, a piece for the website, a reframe that I promised to do for David. So uh, that mm. I'm going to get to this week. Um, TV side, a lot of screeners. I'm probably going to get to uh, finally watch um, uh, Fall in the House of Usher. My wife and I have been watching Big Brother. We're probably our next thing to get to is uh, Only Murders in the Building, which I am woefully behind uh, on. I, so, I love this season so much. This I, is, um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was just gonna say I'm really excited to see it. Go ahead. This season is. I think it's really strong. I hope it. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just really down with with season three. I, I watched the first five episodes, um, sort of within the first couple days of when I started watching the screeners. But I've been kind of enjoying it week by week. Um, mm-hmm. There's, I mean, granted, I have screeners for eight, um, and I kind I have a theory that in my mind everyone keeps saying that doesn't make sense because I was like I think the killer is this person and Jason's always like that makes no sense and I was like I know it's gonna it'll I'm hoping that it's right because then I can <laughs> play the long game of saying yes I told you so but uh yeah it's really good sorry we That's may fun. I may wait and uh and watch that um so that I can binge the whole thing not necessarily um I know how you want to savor it and I support that of course but um this is the kind of thing where I'm like, I need to know who did it. And uh, <laughs> it's really I easy see, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I see that the, uh, the, the 10th episode doesn't premiere until the beginning of October. So I may wait a little bit closer until that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, book wise, I did finally finish um, Prince of Tides. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh <laughs> God. That book is long. It's over 24 hours. See, this is why I will never uh, as much as I want to, I will never actually go back and read. Um, well, I won't say never. Maybe I will when I'm like 80, but uh, <laughs> I don't have anything else to do. But uh, it's going to be a long time before I can go back and listen to something like um, Game of Thrones, the book version, the uh, Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, because yeah. I think all of those books are like 36 hours long or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Just those are, I, I need a good 10, 12 hour book. And, uh, I did find one and it's called the lying club by Annie Ward. And what attracted me to this book was somebody mentioned that it was reminiscent of big little lies. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I love big little lies. <laughs> so I decided yep. to read this book is trying so hard to be big little lies <laughs> that it is painful. <laughs> that it's, it's, you know, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's fine. I'm sure I'm really going to get into it, but it's got the same, it's got like three women. One of them is a younger kind of ne'er do well protagonist. She may or may not have killed somebody. And there's a framing device where these people are being interviewed by the cops. We don't know who's dead. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally structured exactly. Yeah. Oh, I was going to actually ask you if you'd heard of this one book. Cause I saw it in the airport. Um, I am still reading red, white and Royal blue. Mm. Um, because I started reading it before because the, the pages keep sticking together. Shut the fuck up. I will say the book is, it is a very horny book. I would say it is hornier than I ever expected, but, um, <laughs> fucking bitch, but the, um, I'm almost, uh, I'm almost done with it. So I was just like, shit, maybe I should buy another book while I'm in the airport. And I have, you know, 18 hours to kill before my, my next flight. And I saw a book called the only one left 
by Riley Sager. Um, and I didn't know if you had heard of it. It came out this year. I have not heard that one um, or heard of it, but... Uh, yeah, it's like... Yeah, it sounds like... I'll have to send it to you, but um, I was struck by the cover. There's a hill on top of a large rock with an ocean underneath it. It is a murder mystery horror novel. Uh, concerns a woman who takes the job caring for an elderly inv- invalid who was once accused decades ago of murdering her parents and her younger sister. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I will, that'll probably be my next, um, my next book. It's, it's gotten good user ratings, so that's good. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm reading about it on, actually I'm reading the link that you just sent me. Um, but I had already pulled it up before you sent it to me. Uh, and it says reviewers noted the strong influences of Lizzie Borden, Daphne, Daphne du Maurier's, uh, Rebecca and, uh, the fall in the house of Usher. So, <laughs> there we go. Uh, three things, which I find completely fascinating. Yeah. All right. So that will be my next book. Thank you, Joseph. Sure. So does that cover it? Yeah. All right, let's get the hell out of here. So we are the two M's contributors, Joey Moser and me, Clarence Moy, thanking you for joining us, asking you to remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. And don't forget to go out to our YouTube channel and subscribe and wishing you a very pleasant tomorrow.